This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 18th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Today marks the release of the Economic Freedom of the World Index, and once again, it has bad news for the United States. The U.S. has fallen from among the very top nations in economic freedom to an overall 18th. James Guartney helps prepare the report. We spoke yesterday. The United States is uh, the country that, of course, we care about most in terms of economic freedom because it is the country that has for so long been uh, sort of a beacon of economic freedom around the world. Where is the United States uh, as of this latest report? Well, interestingly, the U.S. has been in a decline since 2000, so over the last decade. And we'd fallen uh, by 2005, had fallen to eighth place, and by 2008 to 10th. And in this most recent report, the U.S. has fallen uh, to 18th. And by putting that in context, in the period 1980 to 2000, the U.S. ranked third all during that period behind only Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, We moved fell to where countries like uh, Canada and New Zealand and Australia were ahead of us for a a period of time, but now we've fallen where countries like Finland and Denmark, for example, uh, European welfare states, now rank ahead of the United States. Now, the United States is, as I understand it, following a general trend of declining economic liberty. Is that, that the case? That's correct. And over the last decade, Uh, that actually economic freedom in the United States increased in the 1980s and the 1990s. And since 2000, it's it's fallen quite, really quite dramatically, and particularly in terms of the rating has fallen a full point. Now, that may not sound like very much, but it's our components are on a zero to 10 scale, and the summary index in which we've fallen nearly a full point in the last decade ranges from a low of, of around three to a high, Hong Kong's high of around nine. So it's in rather the narrow range. So a decline of one point is really quite a dramatic decline. What have been some of the success stories uh, around the world? I know that uh, years ago, Mauritius was uh, celebrated as being something, a country that had made significant changes and had made significant gains in economic freedom and and its own economic performance. That's correct. And Mauritius is still in the uh, in the top ten. Uh, other success stories would uh, certainly include Chile, which if you want to go back to the mid-1970s that in the Economic Freedom of the World report, actually Chile was second from the bottom. Now, there were fewer countries back then, like 70 five countries in that particular report. Uh, but they've moved from uh, being second to the bottom to being in the top 10. And uh, Finland is a, a rather interesting case, and I think particularly given that it has the reputation of being a European uh, welfare state, that it's rather steadily increased over the last uh, two decades and is now uh, moved into the top 10. Other researchers could come along and rebalance a lot of your uh, components and uh, quite possibly produce different rankings. But uh, for the purpose of the United States regaining uh, the most important elements of economic freedom and climbing those rankings again, what should the United States be focused on? Well, the U.S. decline has been pretty much across the board. Uh, The index is broken into five areas, uh, size of government and uh, legal structure and protection of property rights, uh, 
access to sound money and freedom of international exchange and uh, regulation, regulation of credit and uh, labor markets and business. And the U.S. decline has uh, been uh, in, in all of those areas, except really money, where it's been basically the same today as it was a decade ago. But a rather sharp decline in legal structure and protection of property rights and a, a substantial decline, a little more than one point, in uh, the size of government and the uh, regulation area and the uh, uh, freedom of international exchange. And the index actually pinpoints some rather specific areas in, in each of those areas that uh, I'd be happy to go into more detail in if you think it appropriate. Absolutely. What about the with respect to uh, regulation specifically? Well, regulation of credit markets, uh, the component where the U.S. has made the most dramatic decline is uh, the share of credit allocated to the private sector as a share of total credit. And all during the 1980s and 1990s, that figure was more than 90% in the case of the United States, which gave us a ranking of, of nine or higher all during that period. Uh, now, in the uh, uh, most recent decade, we've slipped uh, to, in the 2010 report, only about 50% of the credit in the United States is allocated to the private sector which is, uh, means that we have a very, one of the higher ratios in the world of credit allocated to the, the government rather than to the private sector. And so our rating now is, is less than one. So you've had a fall from almost 10 to virtually zero in that particular component. Uh, you've also had declines in the uh, regulation related to how easy it is to start a business, the administrative cost associated with compliance with uh, various types of business regulations. Uh, the minimum wage law has pushed up, uh, the, pushed down the U.S. rating in, in that particular area. So uh, uh, those would be major areas of where regulation has led to a decline in the U.S. rating in, in uh, Area 5. And with respect to uh, legal structure and the protection of, of property, how has the United States uh, fallen in that regard? Among the components in that area, one of the components is independence of the judiciary. Uh, we've fallen rather substantially. Uh, that actually is a, a survey component out of the uh, Global Competitiveness Report. And the, uh, we've fallen rather substantially in that area. Another component in the legal structure uh, is protection of property rights. And the property rights protection rating is much lower today than it was in, in 2000. Now, it's difficult to pinpoint precisely what would be the factors underlying those, but certainly the Supreme Court's Kelo decision giving the government greater discretion to take private property and from one party and transfer it to another, the substitution of uh, essentially a rule of law bankruptcy procedure as took place in the auto industry for uh, Chrysler and, and, and General Motors, substitution of a rule of law bankruptcy for a politicized blank, blank bankruptcy, again, undermines the independence of the, the judiciary. And uh, certainly those factors would be contributing to our decline in that legal structure area. 
I hate to do it to our listeners, but I will ask, can you rattle off uh, again some of the names of countries that have now surpassed the United States in economic freedom? Uh, yeah, I mentioned ones that would not at all be surprising, uh, certainly Canada and Australia and New Zealand, uh, Switzerland, all of which are quite significantly above the United States now, uh, three-tenths to five-tenths of, of a point. But other countries would include, which people might be surprised by, would be include the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain. I mentioned both uh, Denmark and Finland. One that I personally was surprised by uh, is, is Qatar. Uh, the uh, uh, Taiwan is uh, has a higher economic freedom rating than the United States. Taiwan, by the way, you had asked about success stories, is uh, falls into that category as well, a country that's rating has increased rather substantially and rather steadily over the last quarter of a century and has gone from a, the middle of the pack among the 144 countries in the index to uh, now I, I believe Taiwan is either 17th or 18th, 17th or 16th or 17th, just ahead of the United States, which is 18th. In recent years, I think throughout the uh, 2000s, uh, people have been increasingly concerned about the rise of state capitalism. That is, uh, capitalism existing for the most part at the direction of the state, and China has been offered as a model for that. How has China fared uh, with respect to economic freedom, and does uh, do, do the contents of this index and most re and recent indexes? Uh, make you concerned about the rise of state capitalism? Yeah, that's a, a very interesting question. Uh, certainly, China made substantial increases in economic freedom during the 80s and 90s, and it moved from one of the least free economies in the world to up into where it was uh, rose as high as like 90. Uh, and India has also, since 1990, made rather substantial increases. But the latest uh, index, 2010, would suggest that both uh, India and China, that their move toward economic freedom is slowed. Uh, that they're roughly, uh, right off the top of my head, I'm not exactly sure about the ranking, but both of those countries would be between 105 and 110 now. So they've actually slipped back a little bit from where they were three or four years ago. Uh, and I do think that reflects reality, that the, the move, the pressures toward moving toward a f more liberal economy in both China and India, it seems to me, have slowed. And certainly the economic freedom of the world data would be consistent with that view. Now, is part of that just the fact that these countries have for a very long time had very low standards of living and those standards of living have increased dramatically? And uh, in response to those dramatic increases, maybe the, the pressure is simply not there? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I also think the very rapid increases in income that we observe, particularly in China, uh, reflect that they were starting at a relatively low level and that it's much easier to increase your income when it's, say, uh, uh, an annual income of $2,000 a year than when your annual income approaches $7,000 a year. I also think it's easy to forget that uh, people that, that China is still a very poor country. You've, a lot of times, see people saying, "Well, the the size of the Chinese economy is about uh, may overtake the United States sometime in the relatively near future." Well, they're talking about the total size of the Chinese economy, 
which of course has roughly 1.2 billion people, uh, four times the figure of the United States. The per capita income of China is about one-seventh that of the United States. So China is still a very poor country. And the per capita income of India is even lower than China. Uh, so they made some rather dramatic uh, increases in income associated with their uh, liberalization during the 80s and 90s. But uh, that process of economic liberalization, liberalization has stalled, and I think it's only a period of time until the rapid growth of income is all gonna, also going to stall in those countries unless they uh, make a shift and move toward continued liberalization. James Guartney is co-author of the Economic Freedom of the World Report. You can order your copy of the report at cato.org.